Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. But um, we'll, we'll come there in a minute. Just before we go there, I just want, I, I'll just read to you from Matthew 27. As they were going out, they found a Cyrenian man named Simon, and they forced this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means skull place, they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots, and then they sat down and were guarding him there. And above his head, they put up the charge against him in writing, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And then two criminals were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on the left. And those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, The one who would demolish the sanctuary and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the scribes and elders mocked him and said, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He's put his trust in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am God's Son. And in the same way, even the criminals who were crucified with him kept taunting him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran, got a sponge filled with sour wine, fixed it on a reed and offered him a drink. But the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split, the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who'd gone to their rest were raised. And they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. And when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they were terrified and said, This man really was God's son. I'll just take you back to Psalm 22. I want us, uh, before we come to the Lord's table this morning, just to read. It's always good to read the scriptures. And um, so we're going to read uh, Psalms 22, 23, and 24. Look at those together. And... um, 
All these three psalms are written by David. They're all Davidic psalms. Um, And yet there's no incident in David's life that really explains the content of these psalms. What David describes in the psalms goes way beyond anything he ever personally experienced. Um, In fact, there, there really isn't any sort of natural explanation for these psalms. The only explanation is what Peter says about David in Acts chapter 2, where he says, David, being a prophet, spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. And these psalms are descriptions. I believe the Holy Spirit was good enough to inspire David with prophetic writings, with prophetic psalms, in order that we might have some sense of what happened with Jesus on the cross. I read these psalms not to try and find an incident in David's life that explains them, but to have some sort of understanding. Richard said he began to see something. I believe in the psalms here we see something. There's an unveiling. And I want to put it to you that Psalm 22 describes the agony the cross. Uh, Jesus' descent into death. Psalm 23, I want to put it to you, uh, brings us hints of resurrection, of the king um, finding peace. Psalm 24, for sure, speaks of the ascension and the victory and the crown of King Jesus. So we're going to read these together and enjoy them. I'm reading from the Holman. Um, And then we'll comment on a few things and we'll, we'll come to the Lord's table together. Psalm 22. So this first, this first verse is familiar. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men, despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him, since he takes pleasure in him. You took me from the womb, making me secure while at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You've been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me, because distress is near, and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me. Lions mauling and roaring. I'm poured out like water. All my, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People look, at, look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves. 
and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my very life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. Here's the turning point. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will praise you in the congregation. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or detested the torment of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from him, but he listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the great congregation because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life. Descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and tell a people yet to be born about his righteousness what he has done. The cross. And now perhaps the grave with hints of resurrection. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Psalm 24. The ascension. The crown. The earth and everything in it. The world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. For he's laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not set his mind on what is false and who's not sworn deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the King of glory will come in. Who is he, this King of glory? 
the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. It's important we don't miss that last word. How blessed are we. Psalm 22 begins the first probably 11 verses. The sense is God is far away. And there is impending death. And we know that Jesus, as he hung on that cross and and ultimately said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As Jesus took upon himself, as he embraced sin and sickness and death, God seemed a long way away. Then in verses 12 to 21 of Psalm 22, we have something of an insight into the powers of darkness that assaulted Jesus on the cross. The psalmist speaks of of dogs and lions and um, uh, evildoers and gangs who came to him and oppressed him. Every filthy demonic power that assaulted Jesus on that day. Or as I said a couple of weeks ago, as, as Jesus took them upon himself. Bulls, dogs, lions, gangs, oxen, hordes of dark forces. Matthew's Gospel tells us that for three hours, literally everything was dark as Jesus went into that darkest place. The psalmist says that um, his whole body was disfigured. That his bones were disjointed. He was disfigured as he came under this almost, almost overwhelming assault. But I love the turning point in verse 21. You have rescued me. And then the rest of that psalm is is a song of praise that victory is assured, that that the the witness of what Jesus has done will go forth into the whole world, that that generations to come will hear of it. The, The psalm ends in triumph. I can't say too much about Psalm 23, but... um. There are certainly hints of resurrection in here. He renews my life. He restores me. The the last verse says, all the days of my life, I'll dwell in the Lord's house as long as I live. There's a sense of eternity stretching out before our victorious king. A table's been prepared in the presence of his enemies. Colossians chapter 2 says he he made a public spectacle of every enemy. He defeated, he triumphed over every, every enemy because of the cross. Now he lies in green pastures, lacking nothing besides quiet waters because he's destroyed death itself. Hallelujah. And Psalm 24, wow. Verses 1 and 2 tell us the king has conquered, the earth is redeemed, The earth is back under rightful ownership. The squatter has been evicted. Jesus has triumphed. And God has taken possession of all that's rightfully his. Verses 3, 4, 5, and 6 ask this question, who may ascend? Who may ascend? Who is worthy of ascension? He who has 
clean, he who had clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus was worthy to ascend. The one who had not sworn deceitfully. The one who had not set his mind on what was false. The one who, who, who'd made it his aim to seek him, to seek the face of the God of Jacob. Jesus was worthy to ascend. And, so, and verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. How I would love to have been there. What a homecoming. What a homecoming. The darling of heaven who'd gone on a mission, who'd been willing, who'd been worthy to lay aside his deity. The darling of heaven who'd gone to earth to be crucified, to restore mankind. And here he is, knocking on heaven's door. Open up, you gates. Lift your heads up. Rise up, ancient doors, for the King of glory has returned. The King, mighty in battle, has returned to heaven. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. And let the King of glory come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And he wears the victor's crown. What a homecoming. As he takes his rightful place the right side of the Father, and sits. He's conquered everything. This is the Jesus we're coming to this morning, folks. It's easy to read those Psalms and something in David's life has some connections, but there's nothing in David's life that quite explains these. These are descriptions of Jesus. They are messianic psalms. But they mean something for us this morning. And listen carefully, because I believe as we come to the table today, Jesus invites us to come. If I could put it this way, he's laid a table before us, and he invites us to come. And what Jesus did has a direct implication for you and I today. I believe everybody in this room, whether this is your first time here, or you've been many times, we're here today, all of us, because we want him. You're here today because you're intrigued by him. You may be here today because you love him. You may simply be here because his name intrigues you. We're fascinated with Jesus. We're drawn to him. The Bible says, if he, Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. That's what he does. He draws us to himself. Maybe you're here for all one of those reasons, but I believe as we read these Psalms, this, this can be our conclusion today. He suffered so I could be free. He bore my sickness so I could be healed. He was oppressed by forces we could could never fully imagine 
we could never, not even fully, we could never partially imagine the oppression he came under so we could be free. He was disjointed so that you could be whole. He dealt with sin so that you and I could be forgiven. His mouth was dried up. His tongue clung to the roof of his mouth so that we could drink freely of his life-giving waters. He defeated every power so that we could be free from every power. He restores and revives our souls. He was resurrected so we could be. He was the first with clean hands and a pure heart so that now we're in Christ, we also can come boldly before the throne of God. He's the victorious king. He defeated every enemy. And even if it's as simple as this, that little last word at the end of the psalm, Selah, peace. You can know peace this morning. I want to invite you on behalf of Jesus to come to his table today. This is the Lord's table. This is his table. He, he spreads it before us. And it may be your, your sense this morning is in the midst of my enemies. I don't know what's, where you're at in life. But today at the table, there is healing, there is forgiveness, there is deliverance, there is salvation, there's restoring, there's, drink, there, there, there's good drink for you, there is peace. And we can come to this table and receive Jesus today. Amen. Lord, thank you for going through your suffering, your agony, and defeating every enemy, and descending right down into the grave to conquer death and to break forth, and to break forth with such power that even other tombs were shattered on that day. And Lord, not just to be resurrected, but to ascend back into glory. That you could pour out your spirit and fill us with yourself. We're so grateful, Lord. We're so in awe of you. We thank you that there's, there's, some, there's a little bit of unveiling today. But we pray, Lord, we will see more and more and more and appreciate more and more of what you've done for us, all you've accomplished for us. And I want to pray, Lord, that today around this table there will be power. There will be mighty fire. That you will melt mountains today, Lord. That you will burn up stubble. You will put life into dead lives, Lord, today. You will restore where men and women in this room are flagging. You'll restore today, Lord. Want to pray for any who come, who come this morning and are conscious of their sin, who've never asked you to forgive and restore and make whole and never, never known what it is to be born from above, to be born again. I want to pray, Lord, that this morning, as we consider what Jesus did, Lord, lives will be saved today, I pray. Would you save all 
who have come today because you intrigue them and they want to know more of you. Would you heal sicknesses, Lord, this morning, I pray? Would you empower us as we eat and drink that we'd be whole, Lord, we'd know your power afresh today? Lord, I want to pray that as as we come to a table that's so abundant for us today, Lord, you will do everything, everything that you've intended and planned for us this morning. Nothing will be missed out, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church, and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harbour. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you.